Lord, that is our prayer. Lord, that you would send us, that you would use us. Lord, what a thought. Lord, that here we are. Lord, just humble. Lord, broken, imperfect people. And yet you choose to use us. We love you, Jesus. We just dedicate our lives to you afresh now. In your wonderful name, amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Thank you, team. A powerful time of worship tonight. And I want to encourage you, you are in the right place tonight. You, in the house of God, with God's people, anything can happen. Amen. I want to encourage you to, how good to hear from Andrew. Let's, let's get behind all that Westcare is doing. And every time I hear from Andrew, the stories he tells are crazy about the impact that we're having in our community. And we get to be a part of that. And also your giving and all we're doing across the nations is amazing. And I want to encourage you, let's keep on sowing. Let's keep on doing what we can. And each of us, as we play our part, amazing things happen. Also, I want to encourage you, we've got opportunities next year to go on mission trips. And uh, we've already closed the applications for our team going to Mexico. We've got 14 people signed up to go to Mexico next year, and it's going to be an awesome trip. But if you'd love to be on a trip, we've got a team going in to Vietnam uh, in June next year, and uh, that's going to be an amazing trip going and sowing into the nation there. If you'd like to find out more about that, scan the QR code on your seat, and uh, you can fill out an expression of interest, and we'd love to have you as part of the team. But I want to encourage you tonight in the Word, and I want to start with a question. Chris has already asked us a question. Where are we investing, investing our time, our finance, our life? But also, I want you to ponder this question while I speak tonight. What does it cost to follow Jesus? What does it cost to follow Jesus? Now, I'm not talking about salvation is free. It's a free gift from God. Our forgiveness, our redemption, that's free. Jesus offers it freely to each and every one of us that our sins can be cleansed, that we... That you know, we've made, we've done things, we've disobeyed God, we've sinned, we've broken His law, and He offers us forgiveness and salvation. There's no cost to that. But following Jesus, walking with Him day in, day out, that can be a costly endeavor. You know, I think about parenting. Parenting, you start out with a child, it's not like you go and pay for your child. The, parent, the mother pays a bit in the process. But being a parent, it's costly. You know, the first there's months of it costs you your sleep and then it costs you feeding the child, then clothing the child, buying toys for the child, looking after them, then you've got to feed them and clothe them again. You buy more clothes because they grow out of them. You've got to buy nappies. It's costly being a parent. You know, when we... and it's. You know, I've been a parent for 15 years now. That's a wonderful cost. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But things cost. You know, maybe you're passionate. I've recently, I've gotten serious about golf. It costs money, especially when you're like me and you lose balls all the time. So you've got to buy more balls. It costs. You've got to pay membership fees. You've got to buy clubs. Uh, You know, you could spend a whole lot of money. Or maybe you're passionate about gaming or something like that. You've got to buy the latest, you want to buy the latest console. You know, you love FIFA. So you buy FIFA 21, then FIFA 22 comes out. Then FIFA 23 comes out. It goes on and on. There's a cost. Or, you know, maybe you get a new phone or something. You love, you, you paid the cost, but then you've got to pay for your 
your data and you've got to pay for your calls and there's costs involved in things in life. Well, there's a cost involved in following Jesus. But what does it cost exactly? And are we the sort of people, you know, maybe you don't think about the costs. Oh, yeah, I'll just do it. Or, or maybe you're someone who thinks about the costs. Maybe you're an accountant. You love numbers and you want to know, okay, have I budgeted for that? Do I know what the cost is beforehand? I want to know every detail so I can mark it down. You know, thinking about Christmas is coming up, it costs to buy gifts for people. You know, think, okay, I budgeted for that person, I'm going to spend $5, that person $10, that person $100. You know, we, we can think about costs for a whole range of things. And there's an interesting story where I, I think about someone who considered the cost and didn't exactly want to pay that cost in Matthew 19. And you may have heard this story before. But it says this in verse 16, And another day a man stopped Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, Why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter the life of God, just do what he tells you. The man asked, What in particular? Jesus said, well, Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honour your father and mother, love your neighbour as you do yourself. And the young man said, well, I've done all that, what's left? And Jesus said this, if, if you want to give it all you've got, Jesus replied, go sell your possessions, give everything to the poor, all your wealth will then be in heaven, then come follow me. That was the last thing the young man expected to hear. And so, crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and he couldn't bear to let go. This man, Jesus presented him with a cost. He's an opportunity Here's a cost, as Chris talked about, here's something to invest in. And yet he couldn't, he wasn't willing to pay the cost. And Jesus presented him with the, he asked Jesus, well, what do I do? And Jesus said to him, oh, help others. And he was like, uh, that costs too much. He wasn't willing to pay the cost. You know, you read through the Gospels about Jesus and how he approached situations, the, the things he talked about. He was a radical guy. He flipped expectations. You know, Jesus did things, he, he changed people's paradigms. He's changed my paradigm. He's changed my life. And I love in Luke 6, verse 27 to, to 38, is Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. And he says to this, in verse 27, to you who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make it a present. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion, occasion to practice the servant life. No more payback. Live generously. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only live, love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stindiest of pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies, help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us, generously, 
and graciously. Even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind, you be kind. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticise their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down, that hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people, you'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life, you'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. It's a... I just love that passage. It's just, it shapes so much. You know, if I want to follow Jesus, he kind of gives us a whole lot of things to work with there. But, you know, to summarize, I think here's what Jesus is saying. Following me, living like me, it costs. It costs your pride. It costs your sense of re- revenge. It costs your right of return. It costs your possessions. Jesus here is spelling out the costs about not just trying to get back at people for what they do to you, about laying ourselves down, about helping others, about being generous. He's saying, living like me, following me, it costs. But here's the thing, and like this rich young ruler, this young man who came to Jesus, we kind of stop short of paying the costs sometimes because there's a lot of stuff in life, things that can get in the way of us paying the cost. And a few of those things are this. I think, firstly, our possessions get in the way of us paying the cost. You know, that scripture in Matthew 19, it finishes with this. He was holding on tight to a lot of things and he couldn't bear to let go. Our possessions, it's, this is mine. I've worked so hard for this. This is my stuff. I can't give it up. God, I can't help others. I'm saving For a car, I'm saving for that dream holiday that I've had. God, I can't give that up. And our possessions, and I don't think so much that he had a hold of his possessions, but rather his possessions had a hold of him. And our stuff gets a hold on us and we get so caught up in our possessions and it hinders us from paying the cost that Jesus is asking us to pay. Luke 12, verse 15 to 21, Then Jesus said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. It's cool to have good stuff. But when our possessions have a hold of us, and when we're holding on tight to our possessions, it stops us and hinders us from paying the cost to be a blessing to others. So our possessions can get in the way. I think our pride can get in the way. I'm not laying down for someone else when I'm not going to get any credit. You know, giving to missions, we don't have a list. Okay, you know, Stewie gave 20 bucks this week. Andrew, he gave five. Good job. You know, it's not like we have a leaderboard of who gives to missions. We do it anonymously. You know, it's not about us. 
but it's about what I can do for others. What do I... We can think we can get hindered and get you know, stuck not paying the cost because we're, we're thinking about, oh, what do I get out of it? We live in such a Western culture where if I pay for something, I should get value for money. What am I getting out of it? And that pride gets in the way of us paying the costs. Matthew 6 verse 1 to 4, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Don't do things for credit. Do things to help. Don't just look what we can get out of it. Oh, you know, I did a good thing. You know, I just want to help. As a widow in Burundi who needs a house, it costs $1,000. I'm going to help. I'm going to do something. There's a well in Cambodia. You saw on the screen those wells in Cambodia. They bring life. They bring water. It costs $2,000. I'm going to do something. I'm going to help, not just because I want to say, yes, I did that, but there's a need and I'm going to help do something about it. Luke 6.35, I tell you, love your enemies, help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. And the people we help, they would never even know who we are. They don't know your name. Does it matter? No. A widow got a home. That's what matters. She's protected. She's safe. A, per, a prisoner in, in Burundi, in the, Democrat, uh, sorry, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, he got a meal this week. That matters. Not that I get the credit. But our pride can get in the way of us paying the cost. So our possessions can stop us paying the cost. Our pride. And then thirdly, I think our pessimism. What difference could I really make? You know, what... I can't give millions of dollars. What difference is my $10 going to make? And we can doubt that God can really use us, but he can and he will. There's a story, you may have heard it before, in John 6 and in all of the Gospels, when Jesus feeds 5,000 people. And a boy came with five loaves of bread and two fish. 5,000 people, seven items of food. The mass does not work. And we can think about that. Millions of people being trafficked year after year. So many widows without a home. People in need who've never heard the gospel before. What can I do that's really going to make a difference? But yet when we place what we've got in the hands of Jesus, anything is possible. John 6, 9, when talking about the feeding of the 5,000 And it says here, one of the disciples that responded to Jesus, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? And we can be pessimistic. What good is my offering with this huge need? But when we come and we give it to Jesus, he prays, he multiplies, and 5,000 people get fed. I'm like, how the heck did that happen? Like, how the heck has our church given millions of dollars a year, a million dollars a year to missions over 20 years? I don't know. It's a miracle. But it's God who does it. How have we planted thousands and thousands of churches, literally, around the world? 
It's, it's a miracle. We're just a church here, humble church in the western suburbs of Sydney. We're not overflowing, but we're here doing what we can. And God uses that. Don't doubt your gift. Don't be pessimistic about your influence. So our possessions can stop us paying the cost. Our pride, our pessimism, and finally our provision. God, I can't afford the cost. I don't, I can't afford it. It's too much. I can't afford to give. And, and we feel like I've got to provide for everything. That it's all on my shoulders. You know, the fact is, you can't. I can't. I can't afford to give to missions, but I do anyway because he's my provider. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7 to 11. Chris read this scripture earlier. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. In the, sorry, in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous, and when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. He is our provider. It's not on you. When we step out in faith, when we make a faith promise, when we step out and say, I'm going to do something, it's not on our shoulders. He is the one who provides. He just needs someone with the faith to step out and do it, someone who's willing to pay the cost. So let's not get caught up unwilling to pay the cost because of our possessions, because of our pride or our pessimism or our fear of provision. Let's be willing to pay the cost. So what does it cost to follow Jesus? Luke 14, verse 25 to 33. Now great multitudes went with him, with Jesus. And he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me, and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life. Also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. All who see it begin to mock him, saying, uh, sorry, or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else while the other is uh, still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. It's a pretty challenging scripture. He just talks about hating those close to us. And he's saying comparatively. But the, the crux of this, ver, this passage, is, I think, is in verse 33, right at the end. And it, it says this in the NIV. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Or in the New Living, it says, So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. In the Amplified, so then none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost and then for my sake give up all his own possessions. 
So what does it cost to follow Jesus? Everything. Everything. Jesus, I give you everything. All that I am, I give to you. I place it in your hands, Jesus. God, and then if you ask me to help others, well, I've already given you everything, so I'm willing. God, if you ask me to do something that seems like, oh, that's a big stretch, I've already given you everything, Jesus, so no problem. I'll pay the cost because I've given you everything. But here's the thing. There's this weird kind of tension, this paradox in a sense, because everything I have comes from him anyway. So yes, it cost me everything, but then it cost me nothing because everything I have comes from him. That's a bit of a tongue twister. I won't say that too many times. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7. Who made you superior to others? Didn't God give you everything you have? Well, then how can you boast as if what you have we're not a gift. Everything I have is from him. It might cost me everything, but I've been given everything. I've been given life. I've been given salvation. I've been given forgiveness. I've been given freedom. Everything I have, I think of this, we get to live in this blessed nation. What a blessing from God. We are blessed with everything we have comes from him. So how can I not give everything back to him? What does it cost to follow Jesus? Everything. Helping others, it costs. You know, Jesus calls us. He says, go and make a difference in your world. Go into all the nations. Teach them to obey me. It costs. He challenged that rich young man. He challenged him to help others. It costs. I've been blessed beyond belief. So, so to me, there is no cost because I've been blessed. My possessions, they're him. They're, they're from him, so they're for him. I don't have pride because I didn't make all this happen. It's, he made it happen. It's in his hands. I'm not pessimistic because I know if he provided for me, he can provide for others. And again, I know my provision is from him. So all those barriers that stop us from paying the cost, they're all gone. And undergirding all of this, is love. Love doesn't count the cost. Love doesn't keep a ledger. Love gives everything. You know, I think I've been married 19 years to Belinda. She's incredible. You know what? I don't think, okay, I put up the Christmas lights yesterday, so that's one for me. I'll keep that in my ledger. And, you know, I did a good thing. That's another one for me. Yes, okay, that's onto my ledger. 19 years, you lose count. But I don't keep count. You know, whatever, I want to bless her. I, I've, I gave my life to her. There's no, co- there's no counting the cost in that because I've given her everything. Love doesn't count the costs. Love just says, Jesus, I've given you everything. If you ask me to help others, I'm in because I don't, I'm not counting the costs. Everything I have is from you and I give it back to you. Go invite the team to come. There's this devotional called Streams in the Desert. And there's this great quote from there. It says, Shining is always costly. Light comes only at the cost of that which produces it. An unlit candle does no shining. Burning must come before shining. We cannot be of great use to others without cost to ourselves. 
Burning suggests suffering. We shrink from pain. The glory of tomorrow is rooted in the drudgery of today. Many want the glory without the cross, the shining without the burning. But crucifixion comes before coronation. It's costly to help others. To give, to sow, to give to missions, month in, month out, week in, week out, year in, year out. It's costly, but it's worth it. Crucifixion comes before coronation. We want to shine, but there's got to be some burning. It's costly. It costs everything. Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and brought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and brought it. Isn't Jesus worth everything? Salvation is free. Forgiveness is free. But following Jesus, it takes everything. Jesus, I love you, and I want to give you everything I am. I want to honour you with my whole life. All that I am, Lord, I give to you, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that you gave everything for us. That you gave us eternal life. You've given us salvation. You've given us forgiveness. And Lord, we want to give all that we are back to you. Lord, we want to pay the cost. Lord, in a sense, we don't consider the cost because we love you. We just want to respond how you've responded to us. And Jesus, we want to give you everything. Help us, Lord to be a blessing to others. Help us to consider the costs. Lord, when you ask us to help, to reach out, to bless those around us, I pray that you'd stir us and remind us that you're our provider. Lord, that all we have comes from you. And we just want to give that back in return.